Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Many times we don't understand the functioning of different ministry offices. You know, the Bible says that God gives to us, Ephesians chapter 4, he talks about the, uh, the evangelist, the, uh, the apostle, excuse me, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the pastor and the teacher. Amen? And you know, each one is a unique and distinctive office. And, uh, you know, they have to, it has to be from God. It has to, if it wasn't from God, it wouldn't work. Amen? But many times, one of the most misunderstood offices was the office of the teacher. And every, every uh, minister studies, I study uh, all the time. But when, when a true teaching gifts, gift is in manifestation or operation, it's never by study, it's by inspiration. Many times that's what God is speaking to you, telling you, right, you know, at that particular time, this is what God is saying to you. And a lot of people get it confused. Uh, I got some really good counsel, very young in ministry, and he said, uh, he said, don't ever confuse the office of the teacher with the office of a prophet because many times it kind of looks like they kind of flow in the same vein, but they're two different, two different offices. So I used to, I used to, there were certain teachers in the body of Christ that whenever they were anywhere around, I'd always go sit in their meetings because I knew God was developing something in me. And sure enough, I'd been in ministry for five years and supernaturally God deposited in me the office of a teacher, told me, I didn't tell anybody, I didn't say anything to anybody. And I remember about three years after that, I was uh, speaking in a camp meeting and a a well-known minister had just spoken and was sitting down and was uh, very gracious and kind of introducing me. And then as he was sitting down, he said, yeah, and everybody knows Rusty, he's a teacher now. We need to hear what he has to say. You know, so I I figured people were beginning to pick it up, beginning to figure it out. So, you know, today I I was, I, I had 10 different directions I could go with anything that we're studying and doing right now. But what is unique about the office of a teacher is many times it'll, the need of what's, what's, what's in, a, in a congregation will pull on that office. I saw it many times when I used to, when I used to travel a lot. And, you know, you don't know what's going on in these different churches. Uh, here, of course, here I pastor here, so uh, uh, pastoring here, I know a lot of what's going on in people's lives. I don't know everything, but I know some things that go on. Uh, but I, you can pretty much, in general, you know, figure out that just the pressure of the day, the pressure of the hour, all the crazy stuff that is going on, uh, really interrupted what we call a normalcy of life. That, that we basically lived our whole lives until it was interrupted a couple of years ago. And the interruption has had varying degrees of effect upon people, but in, in the meantime, it hasn't stopped, and it seems to grow stronger. So there are things we need to do as God's children, drawing from His Word and drawing from the anointing of God to strengthen ourselves and continue on the path of righteousness that God's called us on. Amen? And that only can happen by faith. And faith only comes by hearing and hearing only by the Word of God. So what you really need is, is the Word of God, a constant uh, soaking or saturation in the Word of God. Now, a lot of times what I used to really enjoy about studying the Apostle Paul was the cause and effect uh, way he had of looking at revelation that God had given him. He saw himself uh, in Christ, but then he saw himself outside of Christ before he got saved, and he would use the two to compare, to compare uh, uh, the, ma- the man in Adam and the man in Christ. Amen? And it's a, it's a great study of redemption, the, the opposites of what God says we are and what we have to experience many times here on earth, that which we have to make application of the Word of God to, or, or we just don't walk in it. And I like what I walk in. Amen? 
I mean, I, I go, I've gone through just as much as anybody else, and, and we continue to have dramas in life. But here's the thing. There is a peace that passes all understanding. The Bible also talks about that which you've committed unto him, that which he watches after. He's a faithful God. I said he's a faithful God. Now, real quick, uh, if you will, uh, go to, uh, let me, I've got three Bibles and my glasses, so we're going to get into it. And I trust... Well, I don't trust. I know, praise God, because the Spirit of God spoke to me. And you're going to be glad you came to church on Wednesday night. Because there's something about the Word of God and the Spirit of God that, that lo just loves to kind of flow together. Amen. Whew, glory to God. Mark chapter 4. Now listen to this. This is good. I've always liked this story. Verse 35, Gospel of Mark chapter 4. He said the same day. Uh, when evening was come, he saith unto them, let us, and I notice this, let us pass over unto the other side. I like that. That's red letters in my Bible. So that's Jesus saying, you know, let us, let us, we're going to go, we're going to move uh, forward. Uh, we're going to go a particular dire direction. Let's go it. So, you know, actually, if you've got a word like that from Jesus, you can say you're going by the word of God. And if Jesus says, let's go somewhere, notice he said, let's, let's go. I like that. I'm not going to go anywhere without him. If you're going places that he don't want to go, quit going there. <laughs> You'll be a lot better off. Amen? Uh, but it says here, uh, let's go to the other side. Everybody say other side. So wherever you are right now, there is another side. Amen? You say, well, Pastor, I'll tell you, that all sounds well and good, but I'm really having some struggles and fights right now. Well, that's good. That, here's the thing. There is another side to wherever you are right now that's on the path of righteousness God has called you on, and you may be in kind of a sh valley of shadow of death right now, but here's the good news. You're coming out of it, and being in services like this will help you kind of put your foot on the accelerator a little bit. Amen. You, you find this out about the whole world. They go through the same temptations we do. Here's the thing. We have a different choice. I said we have a different choice. Amen. Now notice this. Let us pass over into the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, uh, they took him even as he was in the ships, and there were also uh, with him other little ships. Everybody say little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat onto the ship. So there was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And notice this, there was a great calm. Here, this needs to comfort your heart tonight. To the extent of the storm, the great storm that you're either gone through or going through, God's got a great calm for you. Amen? I said he's got, he's got a great calm for you. You've got to know that. You've got to expect that. You don't have to just live in the same old storm day after day after day. It's beating on your brain, your finances, your health. You don't have to live like that. Amen? Now, notice the first thing they did is they questioned his desire to help them in the storm. Now, think about that for a minute. They quit. Did you know, you may take it for granted that we teach on faith a lot around here and try to do everything we can do to inspire you to receive from God. But this is very uncommon. This is not the, this is not the rule. This is the exception. Most religious places you go, they're not going to encourage you to receive from God. They're going to tell you, it's God that's doing it to you. Oh boy, that's good news, isn't it? 
I thought we were studying the good news. Good news. God gave you cancer. Good news. God killed your dog. Good news. He's teaching you a real life lesson. No, that's not the God we serve. It's the thief that comes but for it to steal, kill, and destroy. But now notice, they had a great storm, and then they had a great calm. They had a great storm, and then they had a great calm. Now notice this. Uh, verse 40 says, uh, And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And then it says after that, And they feared exceedingly. <laughs> So you notice what he said really didn't help them come out of fear. They feared even more. They freaked them out even more. Now notice what he says. It says, why were you so fearful? How is, it, uh, uh, how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, you've got to understand it is the circumstance of the storm that brought the fear. It's not the, it's not the demand to go to the other side. It's the storm that comes when you go. And if you've had a little bit of experience in faith, you know, many times you get a little wary because you think, well, I'm on another journey now, and now I, I, I'll probably have to go through another storm. Well, you may have to, but the good news is in the midst of it, you've got experience from the last one you went through, so you should go through this one a lot quicker. If you didn't get bitter, if you got better instead of bitter. Amen. So the enemy is, and we've said this, I think we've been saying this a lot lately, uh, and I hope you've been hearing it, but the enemy, if there's something that we need to know is intelligence on our enemy. What's he doing? How's he doing it? When's he doing What's our enemy doing right now? He's trying to put a spirit of fear upon the entire earth through intimidation, manipulation, and control. Now, he's been trying to do this since the day man sinned in the garden. But now it's much more prevalent. It's much more out there. And it's obvious we're coming to an end of an age, which many other generations, they thought they may have been at the end of. But according to what's going on right now, it really looks like we're at the end of, the end of an age. Lee and I were driving down the road the other day. I looked at her. I said, did you know the world's coming to an end? We just both started laughing. <laughs> well, give me a sign. The end is near. You know, one of them guys. But I'm telling you, that's going to put pressure on people. I said, that's going to put pressure on people. And if you don't recognize and realize, a lot of times people think, why have I got this, this anxiety? Why, why am I, why am I, sometimes people say, why am I so angry? Well, many times that's what it is. It's fear trying to get into you. Many times it's trying to interrupt the expectancy you had that you were using to believe God for that which God said he wanted you to have. Because there's one thing the devil will fight, and that is those that are aggressive and go try to get something from God instead of just trying to recover from what happened to them yesterday. The enemy will fight you. But the good news is you come here, and I'm just crazy enough to teach you how to do it. Amen. Amen. You say, why? Well, because I really don't need anything that I have to make me happy. That's right. Amen. <laughs> you say, what do you need? I need Jesus. Because without him, it's just not there. Amen. 
you know, I mean, people, they think they have to have this, have to have that. I like when I get things and things that I get to do, but I'm telling you what, it's not the source of my joy or my happiness. Jesus is the source of my joy and happiness, and I want to guard that, and I see fear trying to encroach upon it, and it seems like every time you try to step over into some subject and try to understand it, instead of just sticking with the Word of God, you end up getting in trouble, and fear tries to get on you. Whether you believe that or not, it's true. That's why you have to limit your exposure to some things. You say, why? So you don't fear. So fear doesn't get a hold of your mind. So fear doesn't get a hold of your decisions. And so fear does not torment you because that is the main design of fear is to torment your mind. Now, go to Isaiah real quick. Go to Isaiah. How's my time? Oh, I'm doing good. Isaiah chapter 41. Now we've used this many times. I'm just going to read through it. Then I'm going to show you something. Then we're going to kind of flip the page. Everybody say flip the page. Whew. Now notice verse, uh, chapter 41 verse. I love this is, my, this is my favorite fear declaration. God speaking to us. Fear thou not. Everybody say fear thou not. Why God? Why fear thou? For I am with thee. Now, the less you expose yourself to God and the things of God, the less you have a reality of Him being with you. You say, what do you mean? You can't help but get up, getting up after you've studied your Bible or been in a Bible study or come to church or been in prayer or, or whatever you've been doing to, 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 to seek God. You can't help but come out of that experience without feeling closer to God. If it's the right one. If it's righteous. Amen. I mean, there's some people, they get so crazy, they, they, they try to find God, they end up thinking they are God. Amen. Me and Alan, Alan and I, we met God one time. Didn't we, Alan? He was living in a plastic tent in the sand dunes of Port Isabel, Texas. We got up to go into this hamburger stand to get a hamburger, and this guy started talking to us about that. He says, yeah, and that guy, that guy over there, he's God. And we said, he's God. He says, yeah, he tells everybody he's God. And he came walking by with a water can in his hand, and I looked at him, and he said, I'm God. Oh, he wasn't God living in a plastic tent. He was just crazy. And that's what happens to people's minds. That is the design of the adversary through drugs, through alcohol, and what he tries to do in the church or in the body of Christ, he tries to get you segregated from the reality of his presence in your life. And I'm telling you, that presence is in your life through exposure. I didn't realize why my mom and daddy drug me to church all the time. They wanted me exposed not just to the Word, but to the anointing of God and to the presence of God and to the power of God because they wanted me to realize if that's not there, there's something wrong between me and God. And that becomes one of the most daunting fears on the earth. Amen. So you've got to recognize He's with you. I said, He's with you. In the midst of everything that's going on, He's with you. You say, well, how can you believe that? Because He says He is. And how He says it and the way He says it convinces your heart of its reality. All you have to do is hear it. Not listen to it, hear it. Amen. Amen. I'm with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. 
Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. They that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them. Thou shalt not find them. Even them that even them that contend with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. You ever need God's help? Well, I do. All the time, every day. 24-7. I need Him to be awake. I need Him to be asleep. I need Him in morning, noon, and night. I need, I need you, Lord. I need my wife. Amen? I mean, I need my, my friends, my family, my, but I'm telling you, I need the Lord. I said, I need the Lord. And that need, that need motivates me. That need, need drives me. That, that need leads me and pulls me into His presence. You know, the, the, I watched what I would call great pastoral success in the 90s. And let me tell you what it's based on, because it was kind of it kind of tickled me. I thought it was funny. And it's really been a help to me pastoring Island Church. It's amazing how the, the, the uh, presence and the anointing and the blessing of God was based on crowd size. So I'd go to these churches and I preached in a lot of churches, there'd be there'd be people standing around the walls. And it, it was very conducive to, to, to moves of God, moves of the Spirit, things like that. But then you get a smaller crowd or a smaller crowd than that or even smaller crowd than that. And a lot of times right off the bat, people just turn you off and they think, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, we just, we hear what this guy has to say. And so those, those used to always be a challenge to me. And I used to love to go into them and end up with just something powerful that just God just would show himself so strong and so mighty just to show people how much God loved them. It's not really the crowd. It's the individual whose heart is being poured, pulled toward God. Now, that, that, type, that type of desire for God is what keeps you seeking Him, staying in His presence through the Word, amen, through prayer, through being intimate with God, loving Him, obeying Him, serving Him, coming to church, all a part of it. But now here's something we have to realize. I could stay on the subject of fear, and we could teach on it. Faith could come. I mean, it, 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 everything we'd need to, to counteract any imbalance fear is trying to put upon us right now. Pull us into some type of agitation, anger, irritation, whatever you want to call it. You ever just been irritated? <laughs> Amen. Well, you know, the enemy tries to do that. And so I began to think and pray, and I was doing this just the past, past couple of days, and the Lord said, the true focus, the true focus of the child of God must be Jesus, must be Christ. And so I thought, well, okay, Lord, now, you're, 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 I feel you ur urging me. There's the unction there to teach on, on fear. And the Lord said this to me. He said, now you can teach on fear and people will know about fear and have faith. That's what fear is. Amen? Through knowledge of the Word of God. Well, that's what that is. That's fear. That's fear. You know, you're, you're many times your you're, uh, uh, willingness not to obey God has a basis in fear. You're afraid, what if that isn't God? 
That's what the devil always tries to do to you. Amen? So, I said, well, Lord, you know, we can go teach on he in Hebrews chapter 1. We can talk about And the Lord began to show me that in the Gospels, now think about this. Think about the teaching we've been exposed to, most of us in our lives. Even if you've just been coming here for a year or so, you've been exposed to quite a lot of teaching. I mean, I have that reputation for unloading a lot of information. Amen? But think about these guys in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that received these awesome miracles. These awesome miracles. Just, I mean, earth-shaking. I love to meditate on the Word. I was doing that the other day, and I was thinking about a, a blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10 and just, you know, seeing him on that dusty road and seeing him. And, you know, I, I do my best to stay away from a religious picture. I see the crowd. I see all of the, you know, all of the turmoil that's going on as, a, as one crowd's coming out of the city, others trying to come in or, and whatever, and people pushing against one another, and, and Jesus just kind of walking, just being Jesus. And you hear this stirring, and you hear the beggars begin to cry out, alms, alms, alms. You know, you begin to hear them cry out. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you hear this faint cry, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And then this crowd, this run, somebody ought to do something. Like that. Shut up. And all this grumbling in the crowd. And then the crowd kind of gets, you know, they don't just stand there in holy roads because it's in the Bible. You've been in a crowd, gets a little agitated. Somebody starts talking too loud? You been in a crowd like that? I guarantee you people begin to push, people begin to shove, people begin to do it. I guarantee people, hey, shut up, all that, and out of the midst of that, you hear this, Jesus, have mercy on me, thou son of David. And he just stops. And I bet when he stops, his disciples just start moving through the crowd and saying, stop, now he stopped, I stop. Just stop, something's going to happen. Y'all just stop. Jesus just stands there being cool, being Jesus. Amen. Then he says, what's going on? And the disciples said, well, there's a blind beggar over there. And he's crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Go get him. That's what Jesus said. Go get him. So they go over there and say, be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. I can see him, maybe his coat half torn. You know, he'd been tussling in this crowd and people been shouting at him, pushing at him. Shut up, be quiet. And he just takes that cloak and throws it off. I can see Jesus smile. This is fixing to get good. They bring him up. He's like this. His eyes, he's blind. He stands there for a moment. Jesus says, what do you want me to do? That I might receive my sight. Be it unto you according to your faith. Boom. And his eyes instantly healed. Now, here's what we have to do. He was not taught what you're taught. He obviously was taught the Pentateuch, the Torah, everything, that, everything that, 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 that they had taught in that old covenant that had been passed from one generation to the next generation to the next generation to the next, that they thought was just as lost as anything could be. And here comes this rabbi named Jesus doing signs, wonders, and miracles. And without an enormous amount of teaching, faith came to him. You say, why? Because in its simplicity, you don't need a whole lot. You just need what you need. That's why a lot of people try to apply their, their discipline in reading and study to the Word of God when the Word of God is not a book. A Word of God, the Word of God is a source of life, living life and light. Amen? So a couple of scriptures real quick. 
God's stretching out our time. Go to, I brought my message Bible. Go to, this is good. You're going to like this. Go to Psalms. Go to Psalms 51. Psalms 51. Let me read it in my King James Bible. I'm going to read it in my message Bible. Huh, I can see the letters. I couldn't even see them in my office. That's why I brought my glasses. Now notice in verse, uh, verse 10, David speaking, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast not away from me thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Now notice this. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Now listen, church. Obviously, there is a deposit of joy in your salvation. Or you couldn't draw on it. Or it could not be restored. Amen? Now, David, I believe there were two men in the, under the Old Covenant that stepped over into some of the realities of the New Covenant, David be, being one, Moses being the other. David stepped over when it came to mercy and grace, threw himself on the horns of the altar when he should have been executed. God forgave him, showing us how deep the mercy of God is. But then he had this revelation of this coming Lord. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand till I make thine enemies my footstool. Amen. So he was already drawing across a dispensational line out of that that he would not receive till he was hundreds of years in paradise. And Jesus would come in there and preach captivity captive. But he drew on it, received from it, and wrote it down, and they put it in the Bible in a book called the Psalms. Blind Bartimaeus, a blind man that could not study in any way, in any form, with a simple revelation. Jesus, he's the Messiah. He's the son of David. He's the one they talked about, going to restore the throne, the kingdom, all that stuff. Yep, that's, that's him. That's him. The restorer of the breach, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. So what, what, all of a sudden, it all became about him, about Jesus. Amen. It all became about him. Now, let me read it in, let me read it in my message Bible. I like this. This starts, I'm going to start this in verse 7. It says, soak me in your laundry, and I'll come out clean. No amens on that one, huh? <laughs> Scrub me, and I'll have snow white life. Now here, th this, is, this is something here. Tune me, turn, tune me into a foot-tapping songs. Set these broken bones to dancing. Now hold on. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health 
God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Is anybody listening? Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from gray exile. Put a fresh wind in my sails. Give me a job teaching rebels your ways so the lost can find their way home. Commute my death sentence. God, my salvation. God, I'll sing anthems to you. Giving your living, giving your life giving ways. Unbutton my lips, dear God. I'll let loose with praise. Going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart-shattered lives, ready for love, don't for a moment escape God's notice. Now see, here's, here's we, something I think that, that this is where I've been going. You say, where have you been going? Getting, j- just getting as close to God as I can. Every day in my thoughts, in my, in my prayers, my quiet time, prayer time, intercession here at the church, trying to figure out what to teach, preach. But in the midst of all of this, you have to do the same thing. You go to your job, you go to your business, you do this, you do that. You have to live your life. But in the midst of that, there needs to be this primary focus that's right here, centrally focused in your life. Where that at any moment of the day or night, you can blink your eyes and be connected. Amen. Did you get that? And you, go, you don't get that by thinking, well, I know what faith is. I mean, I know what fear is. And I, and I have fearful. And you don't get it by doing this. I know what faith is and I have some faith. You don't get it by that. What do you get it by? You come just as you are to God. And you get your focus on all the particulars and and you begin to focus on who He is and who you are. Who He is and who who you are to Him. Did you get that? Who you are to Him. And let Him respond back to you. Here's the thing. The enemy will snatch your time away with your problems of your life. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking about even righteously. You dealing, well, I've got to confess these healings. I know I've got to confess that. I know, I know. But in the midst of that, you've got to turn back to him like the one leper did. And you've got to begin to refocus on Jesus. Refocus. Recently, I've been praying in the Spirit and I get to this place. Sometimes I'll have scriptures or, I'll, or God will show me something to pray about or whatever it was. But in the meantime, when I have what I call downtime praying, I go into those gospel stories and I try to move into those crowds and I try to meditate and see myself. Listen, we have the most advanced imaginations that's ever been on this planet. Amen. And if you'll use it to do that, then every time Jesus appears in the script, he draws you closer to him. And you see the simplicity of faith and the greatness of his power. The Lord told me this years ago. One more scripture and we'll close. Years ago, he told me, uh, one of the scriptures, oh, it's, it's there in Romans, uh, where he, how God 
God spared not his own sons. Romans 8, God spared not his own son. How shall he not also with him freely, freely, freely give us all the lesser things in life? The Lord spoke to me one time and said, I freely give. People don't freely receive. They just won't freely receive. Help them receive. Help them receive. Help them receive. Amen. Now, one more scripture. Could you feel a little nudge away from fear toward Jesus just with that? Amen. Now, where did I put this? Yeah, this other one is in Isaiah. Go to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. Whew. I don't know. The Spirit of God came on me back in my office before I went in to pray. And I knew God was wanting to touch some people. Did I tell you Isaiah 9? That's right. Isaiah 9. Now, let me read just from verse 3. It says, Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They joy before those according to the joy in the harvest. And as men, we rejoice when they divide the spoil. Now, in the, in the Message Bible, this one comes down to the great, what I like to call the great uh, uh, prophetic uh, exhortation about Jesus, the one that would be born. I mean, here we are at Christmas time. You know, celebrating the, the what? The birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of times uh, we get, you know, we get over to the redemption side. We think about Jesus being seated at the right hand of the Father. And we forget to, to everything that God did with Jesus on the earth. There is significance, there's faith, and there's power in it. His coming, His, his, his incarnation, His birth. His life before he was anointed by the Holy Ghost. His life after his death, burial, his resurrection. His seating at the right hand of the Father. Him coming back. That's the only thing left. Amen. So this is the hope Israel had. Now notice what it says. It says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in a land of deep shadows, light, sunburst of light. You repopulated the nation. You expanded its joy. Oh, they so glad in your presence. Festival joy. Everybody say festival joy. That's a different kind. That's a different kind. Talk about it in a minute. The joy of a great celebration, sharing rich gifts and warm greetings, the abuse of of oppressors and cruelty of tyrants, all of their whips and crudges and curses is gone. Done away with. A deliverance as surprising and sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian. Some of you need to be listening. Listen. The boots of all those invading troops along with their shirts soaked with innocent blood, a fire that will burn for days for a child has been born for us. Now listen to me. God is imparting his word into Israel through a prophet, Isaiah. With that word, his power. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if anybody got it. I don't know. All I know is Isaiah spoke it, and because he spoke it, it had power. Amen. He's talking about the destruction of their oppression. He's talking about the joy of what God's doing. 
He's talking about God remultiplying their nation. Amen. A type of what God does in the last days for the church really is what it is. If you want to get into the, to the, to the prophetic side of it. Then right in the midst of that, what is there? There's a refocusing on what? Oh, come on. You're going to miss it if you don't. There's a refocusing on, on what? On Jesus. Now notice, the gift of a son for us. Are you ready? He'll take over the running of the world. His name will be amazing. Counselor, strong God, eternal Father, Prince of wholeness. His ruling authority will grow. There will be no limits to the wholeness He brings. He'll rule from historic David's throne over the promised land. He'll put that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going. With, with fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. The zeal of God of the angel armies will do this. Now, that shows us whatever subject we go to, whatever we talk about, if we talk about giving, if we talk about praise and worship, if we talk about gifts of the Spirit, if we talk about evangelism, if we talk about, it all has to go back to what? Refocus it on who? We focus on Jesus. As you refocus on Jesus, that is the spiritual exercise that empowers you to draw the joys from the well of salvation. You can't even draw that joy with the answer to your problem. You say, why? Because there's a greater joy when you draw from that well and your faith takes hold and you know you believe you receive. You haven't got it yet, but you know you believe you receive. There's such a joy in that that when it happens, you're kind of like, well, I should be running around the church. No, you ran around the church last month. That's why you have the joy today. You have the joy of receiving. You have the joy of believing before you have the joy of receiving. And if you, don't, if you don't realize it, what the enemy tries to do, and listen, it's just not unique to the last two years. He's been doing it all along. He wants to distract you. And what he wants to do is steal, to you, steal from you the value of every moment you can live on this earth and know God. Because you are a very unique person to live on this earth at this time and to be born again and to be filled with the Holy Ghost and to know it's the last of the last days and to know these are perilous times and to know all of these things and you can get overwhelmed by all that information if you're not careful. But if you simply just go back, I believe God gave us Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John four testimonies. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established. Four interlocking testimonies of three and a half years of the Word of God manifesting on the earth. And then that Word, amen, in the letters to the church is shown without question to have risen from the dead. It's, it's ascended to the right hand of the Father and then took the very essence of Himself that made Him the miracle man that He was and poured it down upon this earth. And the devil wants you to walk around thinking, I'm so powerless, I'm so weak, I'm so tired, I'm so, you know, I'm just kind of mad, I'm just kind of... Well, what you've got to do is you've got to get off the imas the and get refocused back on him. And get refocused back on Jesus. And if you will do that, even right now, just right now, it's one of the best ways you have of casting the care 
that the enemy's trying to place on you even right now. And what we do, this is one of the most selfish acts, and I've learned over the years it's one of the hardest to get rid of, and it's one of the, one of the first ones that try to come back. And that is only to allow your eye of faith to see you with the answer. And I learned over the years many times it causes the answer to hesitate. But if you can close your eyes and see yourself with the answer and helping others with that answer, it'll get to you a lot quicker. You say, what do you mean by that? With everything you receive from God, you think, thank you, Lord. I'm just going to use this a pulpit to preach Jesus and show people how really good you are. I guarantee you that will hasten that which you need to bring you through that, through that, whatever you're going through, and get you to the other side. Amen? Is there water in that? Good. Let me have a drink. Lift your hands up and worship God for me. You all right, Frank? Getting a workout? Oh, thank God for water. Now lift your hands and just worship God for a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now just take a moment now. Here's what you can do. And think about what you just heard. How we started out talking about the subject of fear. Then we brought it back around in full circle showing that God is with you. He wants to walk your life with you hand in hand. You looking into his eyes, him looking into your eyes saying, fear not for I'm with you in every situation and circumstance of life. Lee and I could sit down in a couple of chairs right here and talk for hours how God's done that in our lives and continues to do that. Amen? Then we came right back around full circle and began to look at what? Jesus, him alone, him only. The author, the finish of our faith. The first thought, you say, but Brother Rusty, when he walked on the earth, you could touch him, you could see him. But now he's here in the form of a message. And here's the good thing about the message. You can get it and assimilate it into yourself and it will set you free from anything and bless your life. But then you can give it to other people and share that same love you've received and Jesus just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in the earth. And in being caught up in that assignment of our lives, because we all have that assignment, in being caught up in that assignment, you get caught up in the joy of salvation because you have to constantly draw on that joy because it's your strength. And you've got to have strength to do spiritual things while you're stuck in a stinking, dying physical body. Amen? But as you draw on that strength, whew, then the anointing comes and the joy flows. And you go through things sometimes. And you look at the world go through and you think, oh, I'm almost ashamed the way I go through because they go through with their heads down and bowed. But I go with my hands up, worshiping my God, thanking my God that I'm just going through whatever I'm going through in the name of Jesus. And I believe I receive and I shall have it in Jesus' name, keeping my eyes fixed on Him, keeping my hand in the Father's hand, staying full of the Holy Ghost and its influence. I, where's my, I wrote that down. Right, man, right after we got out of prayer, I grabbed the envelope. I hope I brought it and didn't leave it on my desk. Yeah, here it is. We know the Bible says in Romans chapter 14. I still got four minutes. Isn't that cool? Got all that stuff out. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, it says, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
So, you know, I've taught many times here, you know, righteousness is your, your revelation of right standing with God. And you get that right standing with God, you got peace. And peace is that manifestation of you knowing you have righteousness. And then there's joy in the Holy Ghost, which is God presenting you to the world and saying to the world, this is what it looks like to serve the Lord. So do you think God would, 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 would want to withhold from you anything that would give you joy? Say, well, you know, we're going to put a dark cloud over him. God doesn't put dark clouds over you. So I, sometimes I do this. This is fun. It's a fun thing to do. Go, go into your concordance, find a word, and then go through all the scriptures. Don't even write the scriptures. Write down what the scriptures say. What does the word say? It says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. It says, the joy of your Lord is your strength. He says, Rejoy, uh, restore to me the joy of my salvation. There's the joy of the harvest. There's a song of joy. There's hearts of joy, fountains of joy, rivers of joy. There's everlasting joy. It says, with joy we draw from the wells of salvation. There's joy on the earth. There's joy in, the, uh, in heaven. We count it all joy. And Jesus prayed that our joy would be full. So why would you doubt God? God's not the problem of why you hadn't received yet. Sometimes it just takes a little refocusing. Amen. Getting your eyes back on Him. Lessening the weight of your problem. Increasing the weight of your answer. Allowing the problem to overwhelm you a little less. Allowing the Word of God and the Spirit of God to overwhelm you a little more. And pretty soon you'll be so far from that it'll be down the road and out of your sight. Amen? Did you know that's what God does with many of the bad things of your life? There's a saying in the world that is so wrong, time heals all wounds. That's not true. If time healed all wounds, we wouldn't need Jesus. But Jesus heals all wounds. He's the healer of the brokenhearted, the restorer of the breach. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He heals cancer, diabetes, liver problems. He heals, you name it, I'm telling you, he's the healer of sin and iniquity. He's the healer of depression and oppression. He's the healer of addiction. He's the healer of confusion. He's the healer of any ail that mankind has had or will ever have. He is the healer. He is the Savior. He is our Lord. He is our soon-coming King. He is our joy. He is our peace. He is our righteousness. He is our faith. He is our revelation. He is our church. He is our fellowship. He is, our, he is our glory. I said, He is our glory. I said, He is our glory. He is our glory. He is our glory. <laughs> he is our song. He is our laughter. He is our seed that's in the ground, and He is our seed that has been produced. He is our increase. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is our hope for tomorrow. He is our faith in the storm. He is the holy child. He is the suffering Savior. He is the risen Lord. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Eyes as flames of fire. Holy, holy, holy. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Now, here's exactly what the Spirit of God said to me. 
He said, now teach that. See how the teaching gift works? Y'all been sitting under it. For, you just take it for granted. Then you go other places and hear people preach and you go, well, they may be a preacher, so you have to learn how to receive it. Amen? But one thing that true teaching on the anointing will do, it will saturate the place with the Word. The Word, just the Word saturates, creates the atmosphere. So the Spirit of God said to me, after prayer, back in there, I was going, you know, looking and seeing if I would really need to, to, to glasses to see these things. I wrote the joy thing down, all that stuff real quick. The Lord said, now when you get to the end, tell people this atmosphere is conducive to you letting go tonight. Now I'm the only one that can tell you what you need to let go of. But you'll know when you let go of it. There's two dimensions to this. There's that which we let go of because we shouldn't have ever picked it up in the first place and carried it. And it's become a weight unto us and we just need to just put it in the hands of God and just let it go. Then there's that which we've carried and we knew, know it's God and we know like, Lord, you know, I really need you to do something and we've really labored and prayed and, and, and we've really kind of got kind of weary and well-doing, but it's time to cast that care on the Lord and allow it to be in his hands because in his hands he can finally do something about it. Amen. I know what it's like to carry something you shouldn't be carrying. And when you don't carry those things, you tend to get more into the presence of God because the weights are gone. And you kind of end up many times in the presence of the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the things that you kind of end up in this kind of this stupor. You're kind of like, whoa. Like you, like, the only way I can describe it many times is like in between waking up and going to sleep and you're kind of like, whoa. And it's what it is. It's the Spirit of God. You sense the glory of God. So if that's you and you say, that's me, Pastor. I, I've got something. I'm gonna leave. It's not going out of, me, out of this church with me. You say, well, what are we going to do? We're going to trust God. If that's you, if you've got something in your life or something, you say, I'm, not, I'm, I'm leaving it here. I'm, I'm, this is my let go night. And you're doing it by what? Addressing the fear and refocusing on him, who he is in your life. If that's you, stand up right now. Stand up right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isn't that good? Isn't God good? Oh, he's so good, man. He's so good. I'm standing up with you, amen? I'm standing up with you. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. Out loud, say this, Heavenly Father, I will not use my strength or my memory or my emotions to hold on to this any longer. I let it go. I let it go in Jesus' name. Let it be that which is behind me as I move forward. I thank you, Lord. It gets further and further away. Not out of my life, but out of my memory losing its ability to create that weight in my life. And then, Lord, there's that which I've prayed over, labored over, spoken your word, stood, worshiped, praised with everything I know to do. So, tonight, I leave that here in the church. Thank you, Father. I believe, I receive, and I shall have it. No more prayer, 
No more labor. I receive. I receive. And anytime I think about it in my mind, my thoughts will be thoughts of praise. Thoughts of praise will turn to words of praise. And it won't be long. It won't be long. That which I've committed unto you shall be done in Jesus' name. Now lift your hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. Oh, we worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, we draw with joy from the well of salvation. Thanking you, Father. We have an ultimate destiny of eternity with you. In the light of that, there's no shadow on this earth, no darkness in the demonic realm that can quench that light in our hearts. Thank you that eternity is alive in us with light and life and righteousness. And that Jesus' victory is our victory on this earth. We declare the devils under our feet. <laughs> under our feet. Under our feet. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I take a deep breath. Thank you, Lord. Take another one. That's good for you. Now, if you've ever been in a fight, I know most of you never been in a real fight. I was in a few real ones. Now, if you get popped real good, well, most of y'all don't know what that means, but you know, if somebody hits you real hard and real quick, especially unexpected, there is a time period there after the initial blow in which out of all of the confusion and everything that's going on, you've got to come up with a pretty quick plan of either to stand or run. Amen. So therefore, the evaluation of whoever's standing in front of you has to be calculated very quickly. <laughs> Your state of mind and ability to bring defenses against that and turn it to the offense and win, that has to be weighed. And it all has to be done before the next blow comes. Or you're going to be two blows down. Everybody say two blows down. <laughs> And see, that's the problem with a lot of Christians. They get two blows down and they think, well, you know, that's it, man. I, two blows down, you know, that happened. Then that happened. And so then, you know, now you're, 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 you're weakened because of the two blows. And so that evaluation process has lingered and taken more time. And what happens? Anybody know? You get hit the third time. Now you're falling backwards and, you know, doing your hands like this. Devil's doing his hands like this. Amen. And that's, that's, that's it right at the time when you decide to come to church tonight. <laughs> Amen. Therefore, 
You just got to take the inspiration of what God has said to you and make a decision just to make that stand in faith and say, you know, devil, you may have hit me three times, four times, five times. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to let one of those blows determine my effectiveness in rising up against you tonight. I'm standing on the faith of what God has said to me, the faith of what the Spirit's doing in me right now. I'm standing on the faith of the faithfulness of your word and the experiences of all the other victories I've had in Christ. Therefore, devil, you're a liar under my feet. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody say, ha, ha, ha. See, that's all you got to do. You say, it ain't that easy because you got to do it. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's just... Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. What do you want? Amen. But the good news is, God has come and done for us in Christ everything that he needed. Right there on that dusty road, God has deposited that power that did that in that man in us. And we'll live forever with that same power generating our Isn't that good? Glory to God. Stand on your feet. Let me encourage you to come to prayer tomorrow night. I tell you, prayer is helping us get through all these crazy things that are going on in the earth. Truly, the enemy's trying to put darkness on the earth, but you know, in the midst of it, we are the light and the life. And don't get discouraged. Listen, no matter what you see or hear, don't stay focused on that and don't let it saturate you. You get saturated with the Word. And you're not only that, you fellowship one with another. Fellowship here at the church, the times we have together. Uh, you know, uh, during Christmas holidays, I know a lot of you will have parties, things like that. And, and uh, you know, just, just celebrate Jesus every day, all the time. And I guarantee you, all of this weight, all of this, you know, we'll live above it. That doesn't mean it won't happen. It means we'll live above it. So if you can, come be with us in prayer. We're really having some powerful times of prayer and intercession. It is making the difference. Amen. Fathers, we leave tonight. Thank you for the protection and safety you give us. Oh, we bless your name. We glorify you, Lord. We thank you, Father. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling house. Thank you, Father. Angels have charge over us. All of our traveler, travels, all of our labor, our businesses, our jobs, our investments, that which you watch over, thank you, Father. You're causing great increase and great blessing in our life. Thank you for divine health. We stand in faith. We stand against the epidemics, pandemics. We stand on the front end declaring we are the healed of God from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Spirit of God in us. Thank you that we are your presentation. We are the joy of the Lord being manifested to the world as those living in the peace, the ark of safety, that which God has provided in the last days. Thank you, Father, as we leave tonight. We love you so much. Thank you for your faith, your love, your faithfulness to us. Lord, we're overwhelmed. Thank you, Father, for our church. We walk in love one toward another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.